Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you all are having an absolutely fantastic day today, and I hope you guys have had a chance to check out the specials and sales we have on the website at healthmasters.com. And if you haven't, be sure to check them out over the weekend. we got the Maximum Energy Kit on sale and also the product of the week, the B-Complex Formula, over 11% off right now. Y'all voted in it one, B-Complex. If you guys have tried it before, you know how effective it is as far as with energy and adrenal support and really, really helping mental and cognitive functioning as well. So be sure to check that out at healthmasters.com on sale right now for over 11% off. And interestingly enough, you know, the other day, I was like probably two, two and a half weeks ago, you guys recall, I did a whole article, in-depth article, on what's been going on with children's toys and how these children's toys now, a huge percentage of them, which are connected to Wi-Fi, have been busted and actually some of them pulled off the market because they're recording children's voices, they're recording conversations, and essentially this information is not being deleted, and a lot of the information is not having at the consent of the parents. And this is why I told you guys before, pretty much my opinion, if stuff's got connected to the internet, I would not buy it. And if you do have something like that, I would not connect it. Another reason, too, why I said on a regular basis to keep your Wi-Fi turned off if you are not using it at night or you're going to bed, it's much healthier for you. And on top of that, all these items, nothing can really connect to an open internet platform if the Wi-Fi is not on. Now there's a new, new, new article that just came out. The Trouble in Toyland report that I talked to you about, about the smart toys and the issues that are going on with it. Well, now more information has basically been coming out now, talking about not only with microphones, but also with cameras in these toys and actually scanning facial recognition on them now and building database platforms on these children based on their faces and building it over time to adapt and grow to their aging so they can continually market them with more items as they grow older. This is getting crazy, guys. And some of these items and these toys that are on the market are just crazy. They said AI-enabled toys with cameras and microphones are able to assess a child's reactions using facial expression or voice inflection. This allows the toy to form a relationship with the child and gather and share information with others. They could also risk the same child and the privacy. This is nuts, guys. They said some smart toys also collect data on your child and transmit it to off the toy to a company's external servers. For example, some interactive dolls with conversation capabilities use microphones and Wi-Fi to transmit a child's words with speech recognition software maintained by the company. Went on to say your California-based attorney Robert Barnes told the Defender targeting kids built on monetizing their private information and manipulating them to achieve that objective is unacceptable. So-called smart toys can pose the same risk and it's getting worse. So I've told you guys this repeatedly. I've brought this topic up especially now during christmas right now and a lot of kids want different toys that they see or hear about do some research my friends i'm just being serious on that i know certain kids you know they may want some specific item or some toy but again remember when you start bringing stuff in the house disabled starts basically scanning their face and recognizing their facial expressions and determining you know how to have conversations with them with the ai system that are in these toys and have predictive programming and then start sending this information to essentially outside servers that is some extremely sensitive information on young young children minors ch- i mean ch- children these three four five six years old to have this information on them and have it stored in a database 
golly, my friends, continue to stay strong, keep your heads up, and make sure you're making wise decisions, especially when it comes to your children. I cannot reiterate that anymore. What do you think about this, Dad, and how crazy this is starting to get in with how just blatant these toy companies are with data collection? Because remember, before I hit you, remember, guys, this is not about keeping the child entertained and giving them a great experience with the toy. This is data collection, which is a multi, multi-billion dollar a year industry now that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger every single year. And again, this isn't something stopping as parents continue to buy this stuff for their kids. So what do you think about this stuff? That's pretty crazy. It's way beyond data collection. It's about grooming. And uh, that's what this is. This is getting to a child in a state of brainwave state. This is getting to a child when they're three, four, five, six, seven, eight years of age and having some AI program tell them how great transgenders are and how they can be a boy and a girl at the same time and how they can basically, you know, not listen to their parents. This goes on and on and on. This is this is this is a this is some creepy, creepy, creepy garbage is what this is. And if you buy a, if you buy a toy for a child that has AI capability as far as from a conversational standpoint. Uh, you're making a horrible mistake as a parent. Just, just let you know, it's like putting a dog on, a, you know, Alexa in your house. It wants to monitor and listen to everything you say. Uh, don't do this kind of stuff. It's just, it's just awful. And uh, you know, and I, and I you know, I, I sit back and I, and I've watched this younger generation now, and I've, and I've watched how they are acceptant of all kinds of crazy deviant behavior. And you know, and, you know, I, I'm going to just stop for one second. I'm, I'm going to just fuss for a minute. You know, here's the thing. You got to number one, you got to deal with tattoos, right? You know, tattoos are something that's become very common, very prevalent. Uh, I don't have a problem with personally getting tattoos. I would choose not to because the Bible says, you know, not to do that in the Old Testament. If somebody wants to get a tattoo, whatever. But then you have people that decide that they're going to tattoo their entire bodies and tattoo, tattoo their faces. And I told you the one time about the guy who had stupid tattooed across his forehead that we met, who was a neighbor of mine. And that's not a joke, by the way. That's not that's not hyperbole. It actually is true. He did that. And I heard that he'd actually committed suicide You know, later. I don't know. I feel sorry for him. But but, you know, they get in this rebellious phase as youth and they turn 18. They run to get tattoos and they get them at 19 to 20. And finally, they realize that they've got too many tattoos, tattoo their faces, tattoo their bodies. They tattoo everything. Now, mind you. I get it. It's a cultural thing, and I don't really have a problem with a person having some tattoos. But when you tattoo yourself from head to toe, that's an issue. To me, it is. That's just something I'm just mentioning to you guys right now. But it's cultural, and then you have to deal with the then you have to deal with the clot shot about how many people have gotten clot shots, and and you know so all of that crazy stuff. And then you've got to deal with diet, and you've got to deal with high fructose corn syrup, and you've got to deal with Frankfurt School, and you've got to deal with cultural marxism and you've got to deal with all of this stuff now we got the tranny stuff we got to deal with and then we got to deal with drinking alcohol and getting drunk and then taking drugs and let's not forget vaping so in case i haven't hacked off everybody yet let's not forget about the vaping and cigarettes and all the rest of it or chew or chaw and you, and you sit back and you kind of sit back and go what the heck is going on with our generation of children and young adults and you know 30 or 40 year olds in some cases and I understand that sometimes you have the indiscretion of youth and you say, well, if I had known all of this, I wouldn't have done all of that. Got it. But the reality is now they're grooming the children with toys that are going to talk to them and have them talk to AI. This is mind boggling to me, Austin, because 
they can program a child so easily when they're three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. They can. They can just tell them what they want them to believe. They can tell them what they want them to do. They can tell them to be rebellious. You have no idea. This this AI system inside of these toys could actually monitor if there's anybody else in the room. Oh, there's an adult present. We can't talk. Let's change the topic of what we're going to do. And if the thing is talking to the children, this is like Chucky the doll. This is like this is some this is some crazy crazy crap. And I sit back and I watch it all and I just shake my head. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with all of this stuff? And I realize it's the cultural Marxism. It's the Sabbatine, Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan that has come into our world now and taken over everything. And they've reared their ugly head in Gaza. And I'm not talking about Hamas. Hamas, don't get me wrong, they, they, they got some issues too. I, I'm not taking any sides on this thing as far as Hamas because there's some real crazy wackos with Hamas. But going in and bombing refugee camps and carpet bombing cities with children and women in them, just turning the entire Gaza Strip into rubble. I mean, what the heck? And then we're giving them subsidies and money every year to do all of this stuff. And we sent over a trillion dollars to fight the war in Iraq against Saddam Hussein, who didn't have anything to do with 9-11 and, and basically killed over a million Iraqis. And that was OK, too, I guess, for us to do that. No, it wasn't. Be facetious. It's insanity what we've done in the United States of America and how we've ended up to, at this point where the cultural Marxism has caused all of this deviation. I remember you watched the movie Dr. Zhivago. At the end, you know, they, they show the daughter of Dr. Zhivago and he ends up dying of a heart attack. And then finally she's all caught up in the Communist Party and all the rest doesn't really care who her parents were. And then they, they realize this one guy who was taking her around, who let her go and got her lost wasn't her real father because her real father would have never let her hand go in a crowd and lost a little child. That's an intense movie if you want to watch it. It's got some beautiful scenery in it, too. It's an old movie. Gosh, it's got to be 60, 70 years old now. But the reality is this. All of this stuff, and they talk about Antifa and everything else in that movie. You can, you, you can watch it and pay attention to it. And how he had a 50 or 60 people get moved into his house because you know he only deserved to have one room in the house. And he was having to burn furniture for firewood not to freeze to death in the Russian winters. It goes on and on and on about how cultural Marxism came in and communism came in and destroyed Russia in the early 1900s. And I think you all should watch that movie. It's, it's, it's great cinematography and great acting. But the truth of the matter is, is that we are in a situation where the exact same thing has happened to us in the United States of America. And I'm glad Austin brought this story up because this story is just another indicator of what's really happening here. And the crazy part is this. You know, we've talked to you guys so many times about relationships. We've talked to you about personal development. We've talked to you about being on time and telling the truth and dressing properly and all the rest on this show as far as if you want to make the right kind of impact with somebody, as far as if you want that person to be impactful in a way that's going to be beneficial to them and other people around them. Zig Ziglar said it this way, and I, and I love Zig. He was a good friend. In fact, I dedicated my first book to him, Maximum Energy. has sold over a million copies. And here's what Ziglar said. He said, if you're willing to help enough other people get what they want out of life, you'll get everything you want. I'm going to repeat that. If you're willing to help enough other people get what they want out of life, you'll get everything you want. He says it's not from a selfish motive. It's from a giving motive. If you turn into a giver and a good finder, he had another story he did. He had a group of basically multimillionaires, and they had basically had every background you could possibly imagine. Some of them were kindergarten dropouts. Some of them were PhDs, medical docs, all the rest. Their backgrounds were completely and totally varied. They were all very, very wealthy. And the one common denominator they all had is they were all good finders. 
they always tried to find the good in everybody and everything in every situation they possibly could. Now, are there always is there always good in some and most people? It's, sometimes it's hard to find. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes you got to dig down pretty deep. But the reality is, a lot of people have made choices and decisions they regret having made. A lot of people realize now that the things they did in their youth have really affected them because they've taken certain paths and certain journeys that they shouldn't have done. They've said certain things and done certain things, and they've ended up in prison, or they've ended up, you know, with a felony, or they've ended up crashing on their credit, or they've ended up getting involved with somebody they shouldn't get involved with who ruined their life. And that happens, by the way. Sometimes it's a one-person deal. You get two people involved in a relationship, but one person's a nightmare, and they ruin the other person's life. And then it's, it also happens that both people have problems, and they both ruin each other's lives. And then you have the other analogy where they both get together, and they both work together synergistically, and they build each other up, and they have this incredible life in marriage like I had with Sharon. And so you have all of these different scenarios going on all at once, and then we bring Chucky into the house, a little demon toy, and we decide to let AI, which is a D-wave computer system, it's going to talk to another dimensional entity twist and distort the little children even more than they've been twisted and distorted now from all of the aluminum and adjuvants and poisons we've injected to them from all of the vaccines that we forced upon their little bodies as they screamed and laid helplessly as we injected them. Yeah, that kind of picture today. So what we have to understand is this. Who are we? We're the children of the Most High God. We've got a brain that thinks it's 13 dimensions. 13 dimensions. Chuck was supposed to be, you know, be Chuck, <laughs> I was thinking of Donald Trump and Chucky came up. That, I know, I know. Don't don't yell. Don't fuss. I got it. He's still better than Biden, kind of, sort of. But we got two Chuckies here, Biden and Trump. And we, yeah, we would read Chucky into the house. But the truth is, all of these different things have come in to cause massive degradation in our society. And we look back and we go, what happened? We left Christianity. You know, with Masonic lodges, with cultural Marxism, with Zionism, now they're passing resolutions that anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. And I'm like, God, who would think that? Because I say anti-republic is anti-Semitism. Anti-democratic is anti-Semitism. Anti-Russia is anti-Semitism. Just pick anything. Anti-anything is anti-Semitism. And you stop and you think, who comes up with these crazy scenarios? Who does all this stuff? And you kind of sit back and you shake your head and you go, Wow. And Paul Craig Roberts wrote an excellent article. I'm going to paraphrase part of it, throw some of my own stuff into it. And he says, is truth becoming valueless? And he goes, the United States in the 40s and the 50s, which I have really no idea what the 40s and the 50s were like because I was you know, a little tiny kid in the 50s. Uh, this says there was a homo- homogenous population and thereby far more social cohesion. Pre-puberty kids and everyone else were far freer than they are today. On weekend days, we disappeared all day on our bikes. There were no cell phones with us to communicate with us. We would bike at night to watch Atlanta Crackers baseball games. Our bikes were always there when the game was over, and we biked home without being captured and sold into child prostitution. Our parents had no cause to worry about us. For pocket money, we delivered papers. We mowed yards. We did all kinds of stuff. We, you know, we picked fruit. We picked citrus. I sold avocados. We had the avocado tree. I sold avocados for a quarter of avocado. On Friday evenings, you go collect your money from your customers for the papers. You know, we had raised and were raised with the obligation instilled in us to tell the truth. A person who lied was too reprehensible to be associated with or to do business with. 
this standard of apply, if applied today, would eliminate the entirety of the Western print and TV media, NPR, BBC, and all the rest of the Ministry of Propaganda and all Western governments and a large percentage of university faculties, administrators, and public school officials and teachers who all lie in order to advance evil agendas such as the demonization of white Gentiles, sexual perversion, transgenderism, and war. Today is the inroad on truth which has reached the point in which Zionist Israel's genocide of Palestinian people is described as Israel's right to self-defense. Russia's rescue of the Donbass Russians is said to be an invasion of Ukraine, and national sovereignty is said to be racist and fascist. You know, I'm going to let you read the rest of this article yourself, but it's something that we need to realize that, you know, why in the world has this happened? Why in the world are we part of this now? You know, this is what we see now with big pharma paid shills. They shot down to discredit honest, independent scientists when educators can turn fiction into fact and fact into lies. When we live in Orwell's world where news speak and doublethink prevail, war is peace. Freedom is slavery. Yet ignorance is strength. Many misinterpret 1984 as a warning against Stalinism and Nazism. But George Orwell was predicting the future of the Western world. And that future is here. And what happened is we left Christianity behind us. We had so much going for us in this country. Oh, my gosh, we did. It was Norman Rockwell's America. And uh, we just let it go because we stopped raising little Americans. And we've got to get back to that. We've got to get back to homeschool co-ops, homeschool groups. We've got to get away from the cultural Marxism in the school systems. We've got to vote these people off the school boards that are cultural Marxists, Marxists and witches. Gosh, I loathe witches. Bunch of weirdos. I can tell you stories of witches. Had a witch attack me one time physically. This is not this is not hyperbole. This is a fact. And then having to go to court against this witch. And basically uh, in the court, it was a restraining order against her. She's a real witch. And my attorney asked her during the hearing, are you a witch? She said, I take the fifth. I kid you not, guys. This happened to me personally. That's why I can't stand these groups of people like this. It's like that's the other day I was talking about the butch dyke lesbians. You guys are laughing and sending me all these emails about it. I was talking about that openly. You know, you get a butch dyke lesbian who's a witch. That's pretty bad. I guess, could, I guess it could get worse. I guess you'd be a butch dyke lesbian who's a witch who's really ugly. Well, I guess it could get guess it's worse than that. It could be a butch dyke lesbian who's really ugly and who's really obese, about 500 pounds. Yeah, I guess that's about as bad as it gets. I, I don't know. I am just <laughs> I don't know what to say. But the reality is this. We're in a situation in which we've got to go back to Jesus, who's, who's the author and the finisher and the perfecter of our faith. Oh, God, I love Jesus so much, Lord. I love that I have the opportunity to pray for you guys all the time. And I want you to know something. If we don't have Christ in our heart, if we don't have Jesus living in our heart, what do we have? I'm being honest now. What do we have without Jesus in our heart? What do we have without forgiveness in our heart? What do we have without the love of God and the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the righteousness, peace, and joy in our heart? If we don't have that, then all it turns into is a selfish mess of people going out and doing what they want to do, whenever they want to do it, however they want to do it, whenever they want to do it. And it never, ever, ever ends as we try to acquire more stuff to put in storage facilities and sell more stuff so we can get more stuff and we get deeper into debt and we wonder what the heck happened because we're looking for something on the outside to bring us to peace from the inside. It doesn't work that way, friends. 
I had the pastor of Reich was over here yesterday and we were talking and, and we were joking around and we, and I told him, I said, two best sermons I've ever heard on the prosperity gospel and on grace are the ones you preached. And see, this is how we build each other up. I love you guys. I pray for you every single day. I'm here for you. So is Austin. We're going to do everything we possibly can to ensure this show stays on the air. And we thank you for your support because if you didn't do it, we couldn't be here. I could give you these little mini sermonettes on a regular basis. And, you know, I, I love doing this. I guess I'm a, I guess I'm more of a, I guess I'm a preacher, I guess. I guess I've become one. You know, since Sharon's death, I've sure cranked it up on that. And so always remember something. I love you. Austin loves you. We appreciate you. You're the child of the Most High God, and God loves you a lot. And he likes you, too. You know, he allows us to be part of one group together in the family of God. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? No, you're, you're spot on. And, and, you know, you watch a lot of the stuff with society, how it's continued to erode. And like you mentioned earlier, now they're trying to go after these kids, you know, with these toys and this AI and these just Internet connected based toys. And what's crazy about it with AI now, this is an interesting article that just came out. You know, as I've warned a lot of people about the concept of AI and what it's doing now to the college market as well, how you've got these college students. And I've, I've heard this multiple, multiple students that I've talked to now and individuals who've graduated with basically the AI chat and writing papers for them and turn around and they go in and just kind of edit up a few things and put a few things in their own words and basically submit it. And that's it. And they got all the references, everything cited. And I mean, they don't know these kids like don't even know how to write anymore now with this AI coming out, which is not very good. <laughs> it's not a very, very good precedent to start setting. What's crazy about this now? City makers and uh, city lawmakers, excuse me, city lawmakers in Brazil have enacted a law what appears to be the nation's first legislation written entirely by AI, even though they didn't know it at the time. The ordinance was passed at the end of October in the southern city of Porto Alegre, and a city councilman, Romeo Rosero, revealed this week that it was written by chatbot, sparking objections and raising questions about the role of artificial intelligence in public policy. They told the AP that he asked OpenAI's chat box to craft a proposal to prevent the city from essentially charging taxpayers to replace water consumption meters if they were stolen. He then presented it to his 35 peers on the council without making a single letter change to the entire AI chat proposal and did not tell anyone where it came from. And essentially, they ended up accepting it and adopting it. Well, everything was cool until the 36-member council, after unanimously approving it, realized last week that he wrote the whole thing from chat, GPT, and it was all AI. And essentially, they are saying now this is something that you know was actually well-written and the proposal is actually good and effective. However, where's the precedent going to start now? Are we going to start putting the Bill of Rights into you know AI chat and tell them to rewrite the Bill of Rights? We're going to start saying the U.S. Constitution needs to have a uh, overhaul with AI, start rewriting things. You're going to start having House bills, you know, Senate bills being introduced that essentially are all written by AI. I don't know. Strange world we're living in. You start seeing stuff like this happen. It makes you question a lot of things. It makes you really start looking at it and going, hmm, okay. Also, too, speaking of – this is positive news now. We'll see where this goes. You know my stance and disdain 
for electric vehicle system. Not that I hate electric vehicles. They're just inanimate objects. They're great little golf carts if that's what you want to drive around in. And they can be really fun for around town driving. I'm not going to lie. I, mean, I know some people that drive some you know cheap little electric cars and they're fun. You know, if you're going to drive around, you know, two three mile a day commute, and you're you know in and out of town and you're parking in little spots. They can actually be quite, like I said, like driving around like a golf cart with AC. That's what you want. Yes, that's fine. But the concept of trying to force people to buy them and try to mandate that people have to use them and then controlling the entire electric system, that's a whole other story. If you guys recall, I brought this up. It was about eight months ago. The EPA came in and put in basically a new proposed federal emission standard that they finalized, and the EPA essentially put it into law with their new updated proposal. Now, this is what's crazy. Is this is in the same category as far as the lunacy with the ATF. The EPA came in and said, we are basically proposing, putting forth a proposal that is going to be mandated by us as the enforcement agency. It's not going to be passed by the Senate. This is the EPA essentially mandating it. And it, it's all – it's federally mission standards for light and medium truck motor vehicles from 2027 to 2032, which intends and mandates that electric vehicles will have to make up 67% of all new vehicle sales by 2032. The aspect of what's going on with this is absolutely insane. Because it's essentially a de facto ban on internal combustion engines. What they're essentially going to do if the rule is finalized, the EPA states that 67% of new sedans, crossovers, SUVs, light trucks purchases would have to be electric by 2032. And EVs would have to make up 50% of bus and garbage trucks. Now, what's interesting about this, when you actually look at what the EPA put forward and tried to put into law, this is essentially the first time. And I, this, nobody's been able to rebuttal me on this. This is what I'm finding. This is the first time that the EPA, a agency, an alphabet enforcement agency, is actually taking it upon themselves to completely and totally change an entire business sector of the United States. Meaning they're coming in and saying, we're going to tell you how many F-250 Super Duties you're allowed to produce. After you make 10,000 diesel Super Duties from Ford, you are no longer allowed to make anymore. Every other pickup truck has to be an F-150 Lightning. That's what they're putting in this proposal. Now, it's not in exact numbers, but their percentages are how it's going to reflect. Well, now we've got the CARS Act, the Choice in Automobile Retail Sales, H.R. 4668, which actually has bipartisan support with Democrats and even Republican members voting for the bill. Now, the reason why I'm putting this out there today is I'm going to put the link so you can send your U.S. senators a letter asking them to support the CARS Act, essentially, and co-sponsor this thing. The If passed in the law, the CARS Act, which is a SEMA-supported bill, by the way, this is, this is, this is a huge, huge factor of attorneys that are actually with SEMA that helped support this bill and get it written correctly. SEMA is the giant auto show, basically, in the United States. It's always out in Vegas, like the largest aftermarket auto show in the entire world. And essentially, it will prohibit – the EPA from finalizing their federal emission mandate. It will also prevent future EPA motor vehicle emission regulations that would mandate certain technologies or limit the availability of vehicles based on engine type. The passage of the CARS Act comes days after American fuel and petrochemical manufacturers released the results of a national sur survey that found that 60% of voters oppose the EPA's proposed EV mandates. 
A further breakdown shows that the vast majority of people do not support any type of vehicle mandates when it comes to EV cars. SEMA thanks Representative Tim Wahlberg from Michigan for introducing and championing the CARS Act to ensure the EPA's push to decarbonize transportation remains technology neutral and does not favor one vehicle technology over the other by mandating what manufacturers have to produce. The specialty automotive aftermarket world has a forward-looking vision that embraces new technology to make cars more efficient, including hydrogen technology and alternative fuels. However, mandating and forcing people to buy certain vehicles and preventing manufacturers from producing vehicles that the market wants is not right, nor is it legal. And so this is something that's interesting. I'm going to put the link. I want you guys to contact all your senators on this and tell them to support this and basically get this thing rolling because there's even Democrats that are supporting this now because I think a lot of individuals, even as corrupt as they are, are starting to realize if the manufacturers want to make electric cars, totally cool. I don't care. Everybody's got free market. But when you start having an alphabet agency like the EPA come in and start literally handcuffing vehicle automakers and say, you can only make X amount of these vehicles because it's diesel. You can only make X amount of these vehicles because it's gas. Everything else, 67% of the rest of your inventory has to be electric. Guys, that is stupidity run amok. And that shows you right now what they're trying to do to force people to have the ability to not travel freely and essentially have all their vehicles monitored, controlled, and essentially tracked and be able to be shut down or prevent charging. Because it's not just the kill switch or shutting down vehicles. Stuff, A lot of stuff can be hacked. That's what they really can. A lot of stuff can be hacked. A lot of stuff can be rewritten. Certain things can be tuned out. They've shown that now with the automotive aftermarket industry with tuning vehicles for years now. They still do it to this day. However, the stance where it goes, and this is what I've constantly told everybody, is when you stop having the ability to charge freely, when you start having vehicles and charging stations that you get flagged on based on your name and suddenly you said something bad on Facebook, so you were no longer allowed to charge your vehicle for 72 hours. Oh, you said something bad on Instagram or we heard you say something privately on your phone that we're recording in your house on your Alexa uh, yeah, well, you're, you're on a 24-hour ban. You're not allowed to drive your vehicle now until you remove that post. That is where it's going to start coming into play and start becoming totally totalitarian. And, of course, after that, it's just going to explode like an atomic bomb on the United States with control and nonsense and having the ability to travel freely unmolested on your way. So support the CARS Act. I've read some stuff through it. Anything's better than what the doggone EPA put forward with this insane mandate and support your senators and tell them essentially demand – that they passed this bill. And so they just dropped this EPA greenhouse gas rule nonsense where they're coming in now and trying to tell manufacturers what they can and can't make. This is so insane. Also, too, in other news, this is pretty crazy as well. Vista Outdoors, a parent company to many firearm businesses. Vista Outdoors is a huge, huge supplier uh, for Remington, Alliant Powder, CCI, which are primers, Federal, uh, Hornady. There's an enormous amount of products as far as mass distributor. They put out a memo last week, Minnesota-based company, and it was confirmed the authenticity, the authenticity of it that they will have an across-the-board increase in ammunition and gunpowder as of January 1st. They went on saying the letter, due to world events, our suppliers have notified us of unprecedented demand for an anticipated global shortage of gunpowder. This is the letter from Vista Outdoor. I'm reading it right now. You guys can look this up. This is a legitimate letter they put out that there's an anticipated global shortage of gunpowder and thus has increased our price substantially, Vice President of Sales said. We must therefore raise our price to help offset those increases. Vista Outdoors told customers that, customers that unless they cancel an order, 
it will reprice existing and future orders shipped out on or after January 21st. I said ammunition prices have steadily increased over the decades, and we've seen even more now with the insane amount of ammunition that's been donated to Ukraine to continue to fund a war that we don't even need to be involved in, that's having a skirmish with another country that we have nothing to do with. And yet we constantly see these weapons systems that are going to Ukraine showing up in Yemen and Africa and Mexico. How ironic. Very interesting. And now we're seeing a alleged gunpowder shortage. Now they're saying that essentially as well in this article that allies are also meeting with Paris to discuss more and more uh, supplies being sent to Israel because now apparently we have to completely and totally support and fund Israel and everything they do with our ammunition as well. All of this stuff is being done in unison together, back to back to back, to prevent the United States general population from being able to stay well-armed. I've told you guys for years, I told you guys this, they're never going to be able to come in and ban guns and go in and start confiscating guns house to house. Not with five to 700 million firearms in the United States. It's physically impossible. It cannot be done. You may do it in certain areas. We saw like during Katrina, they tried to do it in certain, you know, basically high, high, high crime areas. It was horrific what they did. Going to people's houses and tell them we got to take your guns. But that was a small area of New Orleans. But on a national scale, no way. The easiest way to control it, and Obama proved this, is you start adding taxes and preventions on ammunition from being able to be able to purchase freely. The same way New York now and California and other states that are hardcore communists have now made it a federal background check in order to purchase even a box of 20-round ammunition for your handgun. The bill that was put in, that's basically it's been shelved so far from what I've seen, nobody supported it from Pelosi, that went in and basically mandated that nobody's allowed to buy more than 1,000 rounds of ammunition at a time, and you cannot buy more than 100 rounds of 50 caliber ammunition at a time, and you have to do a federal background check and get a permit and pay a fee and pay a tax. And what happens when they decide they don't approve you for your ammunition purchase? Because you've made a, a, a remark on Facebook that could be dangerous and hurtful to others. Hmm? When you start allowing these groups that are completely out of control and do not have your best interest in heart to start determining and dictating when you can and can't buy certain things and can't own certain things and what you can and can't buy at certain times and how much you can buy of it, you can rest assured 1,000%. They're going to use it to abuse the population and try to control them the best they can. So understand that these people do not have our best interest at heart. How in the world can you have a congressional leader putting a bill forward telling Americans that we have to get a background check and we cannot buy more than 1,000 rounds of ammunition, yet at the same time, those exact same people out of the other side of their mouth are talking about giving $150 billion in weapon platforms, including Patriot missiles, surface-to-air missiles, all types of munitions across the board to a, one of the most corrupt countries in the entire world in Ukraine because, well, it's science. And we're just giving them unfettered munitions and weapons systems for the last year and a half. But yet we don't trust the American population to have semi-automatic AR-15s with 30-round mags and as much ammo as they want. Give me a break. The hypocrisy knows no bounds with these guys. But if this is accurate with Vista and there is a powder shortage and they are starting to have price increases, you're going to see the next hike of 5.56 ammunition as we're watching it kind of stair step. We've seen it go up in high swings. I've told you guys this. I've been in the ammunition market for years. You've seen it go up over a dollar around in certain peaks, all the way back down you know, to 30, 35 cents around right now, floats around 40 to 50 cents around for green tip. If this goes up another 10%, you're going to see the 5.56 ammunition start hitting that 
that plateau of 60 to 70 cents around, and that will be the basis that it will never fall. Because remember, when you're dealing with brass, you're dealing with copper, you're dealing with lead, you're dealing with powder, you're dealing with primers. These are all fixed prices with commodities that are not going down at all. They continue to go up. So when you start seeing ammunition prices raise the baseline up, it's never going to come back down ever again, especially the cost of material now. So as I've told everybody before, always stay stocked up on everything, whether it be your supplements, whether it be your food, whether it be your ammunition. Don't be that guy that waits to the last minute when something occurs that you decide you want to start stocking up on things. Just my two cents on that. What do you think, Debbie? Yeah, let me tell you a funny story. I was in eighth grade, and we had this absolutely horrible teacher. Her name was Mrs. Brown. And uh, to this day, I still have, like, you know, chills when I think of hers. This is one of the most cutting, conniving, meanest teachers I've ever had. She couldn't control the class except by insult. And uh, it was awful. So she had this big project that we all had to do, and we had to prepare before class. And so I decided I was going to build a volcano. Now, you guys already know where this is going to go, and, but I'm going to tell you the story. And so Mrs. Brown uh, was just uh, – well, she was a wretch, to be honest with you. And, uh, and so she, I decided to build a volcano. So what I did is I took a volcano, and I shaped it out of plaster of Paris, and I put a giant hole in the middle of it. I could fill with saltpeter and charcoal and sulfur. Now, for those of you who don't know that, that's the ingredients to gunpowder. Three very, very easy ingredients to find that there is no shortage of whatsoever, unless State Street, Vanguard, and BlackRock have bought up all of the manufacturers of gunpowder, and then they jacked the price up like they've done with chlorine tablets. There you go. I've met you that, okay? But this is a funny story, Austin. I've never told you this story. I've never even told the story to Austin. And so I've got this volcano. First of all, I had to figure out how to make lava, okay, roll down the side of the volcano. And I did. I'm not going to give you that formula because it gets a bit weird, but I'm not going to give you that one for you. I don't want your kids doing this. And so I had this volcano. This thing's like 18 inches tall. It's hollowed out in the middle. And, uh, you know, and so it basically, you know, has a fuse on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what's going to happen because I never tested it. And uh, but I also had some firecrackers that I had defused and pulled the gunpowder out of those. I mean, I this little German mind going to town here on how to build a weapon platform system in the in the uh, in the in the classroom in, in Mrs. Brown's science class. And so I've got this big volcano with the lava running down the sides. That once you ignited it, the lava would light up and roll down the sides. And so I'm sitting there, and I've got little palm trees and all this little stuff. I've got this big – it's like a big thing. It's like, you know, it's like 24 by 24 inches. It's a big thing. And I was explaining to the people how volcanoes work. So I, I go into this place. I go into this classroom. I don't know what's going to happen, okay? I have no idea when I ignite this gunpowder what's going to happen. And so I've got this big fuse in it, and I had a, some, some matches with me. And so I did the whole presentation, you know, up, up, up on the board, and I had all the beautiful – of course, I ended up with an A. In this, this, in this presentation. And so then I said, okay, I'm going to light the volcano now and give you guys an example of what happens. Oh my gosh, this thing threw a flame out about 24 inches to 36 inches tall. The entire room filled with smoke. It's a wonder I didn't burn the building down. And uh, <laughs> it was like, it was, I mean, and I'm watching this thing, and then the lava starts running down the side. This is like pyrotechnics inside the building. And I'm like, Wow. Okay, I know how to make gunpowder now. This is crazy, <laughs> and uh, and so they're all everybody's running over opening windows. I mean, the whole, the, I mean, you can't. I mean, it's a cloud. It's like the cloud had come into the room, 
and uh, and the smoke's pouring out the windows. I'm surprised they didn't call the fire department in. And Mrs. Brown goes, put it out, put it out. I said, I don't know how to put it out. It's got to finish burning. And, oh, it was crazy. But I got an A on the presentation, and I didn't burn, <laughs> I didn't burn the building down. But uh, <laughs> I never told that story at all, so I haven't thought about that in years. But that was my eighth-grade science class with the unbelievably wretched teacher, Mrs. Brown, who I'm sure is long gone by now because she, she was older than Methuselah when she was there. But the reality is gunpowder is not a shortage. You know, it's easy to get gunpowder, you know, saltpeter is basically potassium nitrite, nitrate, which, of course, is now is pretty regulated, sulfur and charcoal. That's it. And so you get to, I'm not going to give you the ratios. I'm not going to do any of that. I don't want you guys giving little kids to listen to the show and go, go make gunpowder. So by the grace of God, the thing didn't explode, <laughs> kill everybody in the room. But the, but the, but the, but the thing about it was, this man, it was, it was one heck of a science project. It was that. And, uh, anyhow, I don't know how in the world I got tied up into that nonsense. Uh, you, you know, uh, you know, you know, here's the thing. I love telling you guys stories. And every time I do this, you guys send me all these emails. Oh, that was the greatest story ever. And I'm like, okay, whatever. We'll, we'll just do the best we possibly can. Now, here's an article that came in that said, Putin has now arrived in the Middle East with fighter jets flanking his plane. Okay, what do they think he's supposed to do with this giant aircraft that he's in without fighter jets? Good for you, Putin. I'm glad that you basically had fighter jets. Reuters reported that he flew from Russia on a Ishiladin 96 aircraft that was flanked by Sukhoi 355 fighter jets. was really good jets, by the way. While in Abu Dubai, he met with President Sheikh Mohammed bin Zahid al I don't know why they have to have 10 names here at once. They received a warm welcome with the colors of the Russian flag being displayed by the UAE jets flying by. So, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with basically continuing to – promote Putin for the things that he's done right and calling him out when he does things wrong because I just don't think that's a big deal anyhow for anybody to do for anyone but the reality is is that we're in a situation that you know we've got to realize that you know different world leaders have to have a certain amount of security they have to have it okay and you don't want people taking shots at his jet going by just thought I'd mention that the Daily Express has an interesting article it says that more than 200,000 people are on red alert as toxic dust from the Great Salt Lake to make the area uninhabitable. The Great Salt Lake has been in a once-in-a-generation drought for around two decades, sparking fears what could be released should the body of water disappear within five years. The Salt Lake's 200,000-strong population faces an environmental crisis as water levels of the Great Salt Lake recede. Now, I'm going to say something about this. I'm going to talk about salt for a second, and here's why I use Redmond salt. I would never, ever – take salt from the Great Salt Lake as something that I would put on my food. I was out there a few years ago. It's a crazy story. But the salt, there were so many chemtrails over the Great Salt Lake. It was amazing. That means all of that aluminum, all of that barium, all of that stuff's going into those drying ponds along with the salt that's in those ponds. And uh, I'll never forget. This is a terrible story. I, I'll say this. We had the little kids with us, or maybe at Austin. I can't remember who it was. And we were in a motorhome. And I remember somebody had a blowout in their diaper. <laughs> I forget this. And I'll never forget. This is the only time Sharon ever did this in my entire marriage with her. It stunk so bad that she opened the window in the RV and threw it out in a desolated area. And I looked at her. I said, what are you doing? And she says, I, I can't take this diaper, the stench. And I started laughing at her. And I said, don't be throwing stuff like that out, Sarah. We can stop and, you know, at a rest area or whatever. <laughs> just thought I'd mention that. So then we can add that content to the Great Salt Lake. But the truth is, don't be using salt from drying ponds. The Redmond salt that we sell in the office is the, it's, it's pink salt. It's mined from like 5,000 feet underground. 
it tastes phenomenal, and it's not contaminated with all types of barium and aluminum oxides that are sprayed from chemtrails. But I wanted to mention that to you, why I told you the diaper story. I don't know. I guess I'm on a tear today with all the crazy stuff that I'm talking about. You know, here's another good article. It says, if your kids are not happy with school, find them another one. If your children, it's better time to just find another school for them. And it says, one guy goes, I hated going to school when I was a kid. You know, when deciding how his own children be educated, he said, I will take them to a school that they're going to enjoy. Now, I'm going to say one more thing about this. Be very careful on the choices that you make for your children as far as school. Go interview the parents that go there and talk to them. It's a PTA meeting or a meeting at the school or whatever. Find out what they think about the school. Go talk to the principal. Find out what he thinks about the school and what they believe. I'll tell you the story again. I had my kids at All Saints University, not at university, All Saints School. And, uh, you know, for about five years, Harrison went there. And I'll never forget, the last couple of years I was there, they put up Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas. And, I, and, I was, and, the, and the place became so politically correct, it became nauseating. Finally, I called the principal up and I said, what the heck are you guys doing? He said, well, we want to honor all faiths. I said, the name of the school is All Saints. It's Merry Christmas. It's the birth of Jesus. We're supposed to be a Christian school. Oh, but we have Jewish students here and we have Muslim students here. And I said, well, how about Church of Satan? You got them there too? He goes, what do you mean? I said, you want to honor all faiths? How about Church of Satan? And he goes, well, no, no, we don't do that. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, stop. He said, you want to honor all faiths? I said, why don't you honor Church of Satan too? I said, ridiculous. We got Kwanzaa songs going off. We got all these crazy things going off. I said, who the heck sings this stuff? Why can't we just sing Christmas songs and holy songs? And I remember we were, um, Lexi, and I'm, I'm going to tell you what I did. Doggone it all. I tell you what, something like I get adamant about this. We were doing, a, they were doing a, a carol thing one night with the kids. And uh, they were basically uh, singing songs. And we, all the other parents were there. And, and they were singing, and, and they sang like one or two holy songs. And they started singing all of the secular stuff. You know, you're rocking around the Christmas tree and all. And you say, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, whatever. You, you pick what you want. They have been doing the quans and all the rest of it. Finally, I, I finally, during the break, I walked up and I got Alexis and I pulled her off the stage. I said, you're done. She was, well, I, we're not done yet. I said, oh, we're done. I'm leaving. <laughs> I've had enough of this mess. And then I told, the, I told the, I called the head guy up and I said, look, here's the deal, bud. This enough of this. I said, we're Christians. I said, why don't you go to a Jewish school and tell them to sing Christmas songs to Jesus? For Christmas. Why don't you go to a Muslim school and do the same thing? Or a Hindu school and do the same thing? Or a Buddhist school and do the same thing? They're not going to do that. If we can't honor Jesus for who we are as Christians, what are we doing in a Christian school? And why am I paying you this ridiculously high tuition every month? And I said to him, I said, if you do this again, if you go out and you basically do these songs again, you put up happy holidays again next year, I'm yoking the kids. And next year, it was happy holidays as always. And I yoked the kids out. I took every one of them out. We went back to homeschooling. And to this day, I regret not having gone to the Lutheran school with those kids and having put them in All Saints. I'm just being truthful with you guys now. And I know I'm slamming All Saints, but I'm not promoting any other school other half because I have no vested interest in any of this stuff. But I'm saying that's what it was years ago. And Harrison got to the point where he hated it so badly, he was ready to walk home one day. And I've told you stories about it. But don't put them in a secular school. Find out who the head person is. Find out who the head pastor is. Find out who the head people are and find out what they believe before you put your kids in a school that's going to make them miserable like that. Just thought I'd mention that to you guys this morning. What do you think, Austin? What's your next story? Uh, you're 100% accurate. You guys know my stance on a lot of stuff because I've seen it so much down in the school system and been around it now and been with parents and 
as I've gotten older now with kids, and it's just, uh, oh gosh, a lot of these schools, man, you got to be careful of it. That's why I'm so adamant about it, and that's why we started the whole thing with the homeschool co-op that's it's exploded now. And, you know, we got a waiting list for it, which I never thought we were going to be to that level. And uh, But it's because parents, I mean, I, I've, I've read you the report. Now, homeschooling is becoming this massive, massive deal now in the United States. And it's not – the, the old – the old concept that kind of had the old, you know, kind of that like weird vibe to it. You know, a lot of parents are homeschool basically, you know, kid sits in his bedroom by himself all day and, you know, does homework and has no friends and goes nowhere and does nothing and does no activity and basically just sits in his room for eight hours a day and does homeschool. That concept and that ideology of homeschooling is long gone. You know, we're in 2023 now. It doesn't take very much research to figure out and find other homeschool groups and other homeschool co-ops now that are working together. And a lot of them, like I said, what we do, we do is we've hired teachers, you know, basically starting our own little, little mini school with hiring teachers that basically, you know, everybody throws in a certain amount of money. Everybody throws in certain money for security detail for the sheriff's department. Everybody throws in certain money for the facility. And essentially when it comes down to it, it's really not that expensive at all. Much, much cheaper than All Saints Academy is. And I think All Saints now is up to either ten or fifteen thousand dollars per kid per year. It's expensive. Those schools I was talking about, it's, it's gone through the roof. I, I got a friend of mine that his son goes there, and he doesn't seem to have any problems with it. But I don't, you know, I don't ever really talk to him in detail. Nor do I think he's very involved in the school over there. And uh, but it's expensive. It's really expensive. And when you start looking at numbers like that. And you start looking at numbers with homeschool co-ops where you have a group of everybody who's throwing in X amount of money for private teachers and for facility usage and stuff like that. You look at it and you're like, golly, it's significantly cheaper. And all the parents, if they're like-minded and they're on the same page, everybody has the same, you know, essentially the same mindset. And so you have this entire generation now of these homeschool kids that are going to be really, really smart really educated on real-world topics. I mean, our schools, te- he's teaching them Latin, some stuff. Latin, I don't even know Latin. You know, they're going into the root words of all this stuff and teaching them all these Latin words and language. And it's interesting, and it's intriguing to me. The other day, I was helping Hunter with a bunch of his written written wording, and it was talking about all these, you know, basically different types of um, uh, word structures and different types of uh, sentences and uh, the sentence structures. And it was funny, as I told him, I said, oh, I think it's this one. And he goes, no, no, it's not right, Dad. It's this one over here. And he circles it. And I was like, I said, I don't even know why I'm helping you, dude. I said, this is, I haven't been, that, I haven't done this type of English, you know, language as far as with writing sentences out and breaking them down like this and, you know, all your pronouns and adjectives. And I said, I still remember a lot of that. I said, but golly, it's not something you ever do on a regular basis. But, you know, he's got it down. And so, yes, 100% accurate. Dad's 100% right about this. Be very vocal now. Be active. We, we don't have, as parents now, we don't have the luxury of being naive and ignorant anymore. We don't have anymore. You know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago in the 90s, before the internet, you know, you could live relatively naive with life as far as not really, oh, I don't really know what's going on at school. I don't know what's happening with this. I'm just going to kind of just turn my head and let them do what they need to do, and my kids will get raised by the school and wash my hands. I'm good to go. You can't do that anymore. It's out there. What's going on in the school systems, it's out there now. You can't ignore it. We know what's happening now with the public education and the critical race theory and the common core math and the just perverted indoctrination with these books now. They've gotten covered from all types of different school boards, school board meetings from parents across where, I mean, you have blatant cartoon depicted pornography books with homosexual activity displayed 
and depicted in books in school libraries for elementary and middle schoolers to get a hold of. Blatantly. We've all seen it now. We've all heard about it. We've all read about it. So my point in saying that is if you want to be active, if you want to be engaged in your child's life, you absolutely have to do it. And you don't have the luxury of pretending like I don't know what's going on anymore. I'm just going to pretend like nothing's happening. That's my whole point of stating that. Also, too, in other news, this is very interesting. Arizona Sheriff now has released a video. This is Arizona Sheriff Mark Lamb, and he basically has come out now, and he's the sheriff of uh, Pinell County, Arizona, and he told Epic Times that he's been informed of these very lucrative handouts through his close sources working at the United States border. He said illegals who are legally crossing the border after they're essentially detained by um, border control – they essentially are given you know, these cell phones that we've talked about now where they're given these court dates on cell phones. But on top of that, they're also being given like up to $5,000 in prepaid gift cards, like American Express gift cards, and then given plane tickets to essentially fly to destinations of their choice in the United States. They're not just giving them like, oh, right, we're going to send you back to Mexico. They're like, oh, here's a plane ticket for you in New York. We have 50 plane tickets for you in New York for this group, this group, this group, this group. And what's crazy about this, he said, I was absolutely shocked when the agents came forward. And he said, I know there's been significant amounts of handouts of free cell phones and plane tickets. He goes, but I now, now find out they're giving $5,000 Visa and American Express gift cards to people who break our laws come into our country illegally when the average American is struggling to pay their bills, this is tough to swallow. People need to know the truth and let the representative lawmakers hear about this. This needs to end. He goes, we know they've been giving illegal money, illegal immigrants money for a long time. He said, but now we're finding out this is just the tip of the iceberg. And essentially, they are not only just encouraging it, they are funding these people to be here. It's the same concept and same understanding that I talked about Last year, when remember they talked about that whole giant group that was coming from Argentina. Sixty-five thousand people are marching from Argentina. They're marching from Argentina all the way to the southern border. Yes, they're moving. They're moving. They're moving. Sixty-five thousand people. They'll be here in, any, in no time. And remember, I told you guys I did the math on it. I said sixty-five thousand people, and I don't remember what all the numbers were. In a trip over two thousand mile journey. I said, who's feeding 65,000 people on a 2,000-mile journey? Are these people just literally ransacking every city and town and village they go through and pillaging and taking everything they have? 65,000 people is over the capacity of what the Buck Stadium, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium in Tampa holds. I've been there for numerous games and events and concerts and monster, monster champs. When that stadium lets out, when it's full capacity – Literally, Tampa shuts down for about two or three hours. It's gridlocked. You can't get out. You're stuck in Tampa. Nothing moves. You have 65,000 people descending out of a city at one time. And you're telling me that many people are walking over 2,000 miles across the entire South American continent to Mexico? Oh, they're here. They're here. They're at the Mexican border. They're here. And you see everybody, and they're in like, Decent looking clothes and they have shoes and they're um, dude, you can't even you can't even walk that many miles in a pair of shoes. You're gonna go through four or five pairs of shoes going to that type of distance. You're gonna have over probably what I think I factored in almost like half a million calories a day as far as trying to function and keep people alive. Not not actually 
like thrive just to keep them alive, walking that many miles, exerting that many cows, that many people. The whole thing is being funded and set up. So understand it. Continue to do the best you can with it. There's a lot of things we can't do on this topic, but like this video with this this um, the sheriff, get this stuff out there because these lawmakers, they need to be called out for this. And if they don't know what's going on, they need to know what's going on so they can try to put a stop to this, just like they're submitting now with the CARS Act as far as stopping the EPA and handcuffing the EPA from coming in and absolutely ruining the automobile sector of the United States to force people to drive golf carts around everywhere to be basically to save the world. we got to do all this to save the world. You need to sit in your 200 square foot apartment and eat crickets and drive a golf cart. Only 15 miles is all you can go. That's that's where you can go. That's that's your life. No, guys, it's not your life. It doesn't have to be your life, and it does not need to be your life. The ability to consent to things is very important. And that's what you have to remember. They tried to take this away during COVID. They tried to tell you that you had to do things against your will simply because it was for the betterment of you. It was for your safety. It was for your your security, and we're doing this to save you and help you and prevent these things from happening to you. We're shutting down your business to save you. You know, it's like the old modage goes with ATF, what they've done with Ruby Ridge and Randy Weaver, what they did to the Branch Davidians. You know, we're 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 going to kill you to protect you. You know, it's 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 okay. We're here to save you, and if you don't listen to us saving you, we're going to shoot you in the face. It's the concept you see all the time now with the government agencies. It's out of control. And so, again, hold your representatives' feet to the fire with this. Keep sending them emails. Keep contacting them. Continue to get the truth out there. I appreciate you, my friends, every single day. Thank you for making Health Masters your number one stop and shop for all your supplement needs. We're here to help you out the best we can. Be sure to check out the B-Complex formula on sale this weekend for over 11% off as product of the week. And be sure to vote for what you want to see win next week as well. Have a fantastic weekend, my friends. Enjoy yourself. Stay strong. Stay healthy. And we'll talk to you again on this show Monday as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.